Ghosts are horny. Ookie. Revisiting female violence. <laughs> that could be any of these episodes. I, I hate to bring up bugs. <laughs> Once again, I have to bring up bugs. Six quick and easy steps for your common demon summoning. I accept this headcanon. Liberal propaganda. Damn cucks. This is a John Winchester hate zone. Could have had mm-hmm. Killer Optimus Prime and he had to be racist. To be fucking racist. Persqueeter. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon. I'm Jordan Grimm. And I'm Allie. And we'll be your hosts for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. Hello. Hello. I confess I completely forgot what we decided to talk about. <laughs> so I to check in. <laughs> what we're going to talk about is kind of like Rufus in this episode is if you were trying to get into our good graces, what you would gift us with. So oh, right. Uh, yes. Right, right. Yes. How do like, win what us would over? win you over? Mm-hmm. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. I unfortunately grew up where gifts were usually used as a form of, a, of apology oh, instead oh, of words. No. <laughs> so it's very easy to win me over because I have that association, but I don't know. I'm so easy. Like literally I'm so food motivated, especially anything sugary, like bring me any type of sugary food, specifically Sour Patch Kids or peanut M&Ms. I'm sold. You're my favorite person. It's that easy. I also like anything shiny or colorful. (laughs) I'm like a raccoon or a magpie. I love how yours is like, like the classic kid, like watch out for the creeper in the van. You're like, they got free candy. I'm in. Exactly. I'm literally chewing on candy right now. I'll just be. (laughs) What about you, Allie? How do we win you over? Mine, as neither of you will be surprised, is any drink. Mm. I don't even have to like the drink. Obviously, give me tea or a vodka cocktail if you're like really wanting Mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. But like all those places that have free shitty coffee, I don't even care that the coffee is horrible. It is free. They win me over instantly. You are bubble tea. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Bubble tea. That. Yeah. That's probably my number one. You like the coffee bubbles, right? Actually, I like the mango popping or no bubbles at all. Oh, Oh yeah, before Jasper and I were close, once we all went for help for bubble tea and I just sat there staring at Jasper popping the bubbles in my mouth because I knew Jasper hated it. I hate the popping boba. They're so weird. They're like <laughs> fish eggs. <laughs> yeah, they are kind of like weird little sugary caviar. True. <laughs> Jasper, how could we win you over? Well, it sort of depends on like the situation, right? Like am I first meeting mm-hmm. you? Are you apologizing for ruining my childhood? Are you <laughs> apologizing for making me mad for five minutes yesterday? You know what I mean? But True. I think like in general, you're probably going to make my day if, if you bring me a nice coffee. Mm. Not like Starbucks, but like from an actual cafe, you know? Yeah, do you want it black coffee? No, I want like a latte. Mm, okay, I'm with you on this. Yeah. Until we're truly millennials. It's like you win us over with caffeine or sugar to get us through the capitalist wheel. Yeah, pretty much. 
<laughs> That's so true, though. Today's episode is season three, episode 15. Time is on my side. The one where Bella gets dogged. This episode was written by Sarah Gamble and directed by Charles Beeson and originally aired on May 8th, 2008. And was relatively uninspiring, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird because there was kind of a break from when I last viewed the last episode in this one. And I was like excited to watch this episode. Right. And then like literally, I just like found myself like playing with my cat, mm. like rolling things across my table. I just could not. Fo- this episode was just so bland. Yeah. And like, I don't know how that happens because like they mm-hmm. literally have like weirdo Frankenstein right and on top of that Isabella episode. I'm like, how did and Rufus gets introduced? Yeah, it's Rufus. And then it's the penultimate episode of this season as well. Mm-hmm. Like we only right. have one after this. Right. And it's just so like. Eh. <laughs> yeah. well, speaking of meh, this cold open was very meh. Nah, yeah, I literally wrote blah. Yeah. <laughs> in my notes. <laughs> and what was the like, usually the extras act so well in the show, that nurse, her acting was rancid. Oh, it was so it was bad. So bad. It was some of the worst acting in this show, I think. It like reminded me of that episode of SpongeBob where SpongeBob started screaming when he like fake out got scared and they couldn't calm him down. He was just like, ah, ah, <laughs> ah. I was like, what (laughs) am I watching? Yeah, the single thing I remember in this episode is the end every time. And even that, like, like Bella deserves so much better. Yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. That's what I have a lot of feelings about. Yeah. So I guess next we quickly cut to an exorcism here. I kind of like this exorcism scene, though. I'm not going to lie. Like, I feel like it's, it's just really like over the top. The demon is very, like, caustic and mocking, Mm -hmm. as opposed to, like, I feel like they've had these kind of demon torture scenes ever since that one episode with Meg, like, here and there. Yeah. And they're usually like, oh, my God, no. And this Mm -hmm. guy's just sort of, like, literally doing a like He's literally telling your mama jokes. I know. (laughs) I was like, I don't know what's happening here. I think yeah. like, that's something going on in like the whole episode where I'm just sort of like, I don't, I can't get the vibes. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, nothing feels like it belongs to anything else in this episode. Well, I was like kind of a little sad too, because why I love that the idea of a demon telling a yo mama joke during an exorcism that, that when they did mention your mom, they had teased that there was something bigger going on with Mary earlier in the season. And I was like, my ears were open because I was listening. I'm like, oh, are we going to get some exposition? And nope, it's literally a yo mama joke. And I couldn't tell if that was really stupid or really genius. <laughs> I'd go with the former. I think it's somewhere in the middle. Mm. Yeah. Just, you know, so we can round out the opinions. <laughs> exactly. Just got to keep it balanced. I will say Sam is getting mighty good at these exorcisms. He's like this off the cuff. He's got his rhythm going. He ain't looking at anything. Yeah. He's just like, I have this shit memorized, bitch. Mm -hmm. 
I really like how in this one that it's not like especially graphic too. Like you can just use the holy water and make that still seem intense because of the acting and the directing of that scene. You don't need like something terribly graphic to actually have that like emotional um, charge. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think the contrast of like the demon and his attitude and the way they had that performance go versus like how Dean and Sam are, especially in contrast, additionally, to uh, previous exorcisms. It's it's very good. At least the sense of tone in this scene is mm-hmm. um, sure of itself, I guess. It, it feels very steady, which I appreciate. I, I do find it interesting that like we've gotten to a point where they're very comfortable with like torture now. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm thinking about the episode where they're like essentially torturing Meg and they're like, oh, I don't know. Like that's like a real person's body. Like, that, you know, there's somebody in there, blah, blah, blah. And like now they're just like, nah, <laughs> they're not even <laughs> fucking with it. Oh, absolutely. And the gargling was a fun way of torture, yeah. I will say. That was acted out very well. Right. I still like I'm always thinking about the fact that it's like watered down lube, though. Is it really? <laughs> Yeah, because water doesn't show up very well on camera. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's how everyone's getting the nice hair now. They're all putting lube in their hair. What the fuck are you talking about? I'm serious. It's a fashion thing. So your hair looks wet because water doesn't show up so well. Um, People are now pouring lube into their hair. I. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Sure. They were Gen X, not Gen KY, but. <laughs> so is this when we find out there's only three weeks left or is that later in the episode yeah. no this is right here because um they're talking about you know finding a new case and sam's like well i thought you might want something to do essentially but yeah this is the first time they've ever talked about that you're like yeah. whoa yeah it's really funny because like this scene got me kind of excited for the episode. Then they just spent the rest of the time just standing around with their dicks in their hands. Like that would have interested me more to be. <laughs> wow. I made you laugh. That was like a big one. Yeah. Patting myself on the back. <laughs> I also, unfortunately, when they're talking about the news and Dean is mm-hmm. like, what stripper suffocates man with thighs I did have the immediate thought, God, I wish that were me. (laughs) Especially after this episode. Especially after this episode. (laughs) (laughs) Just end it. (laughs) Yeah. I do like that they psych us out with zombies pretty early. And then they give us like nothing. (sighs) I know. It's just like, you can't do that. You can't. Like, I know it was supposed, they're like, oh, like, he, he's trying to get Dean all psyched up because zombies or whatever. But you can't let down your audience like that, too. Yeah. I don't know how the fuck they made a weirdo Frankenstein man boring, but they did. Sarah, exactly. Miss Sarah, whatever magic sauce you were putting in some of your previous episodes, where was it here? I'm all for a good fake out. But this wasn't a good fake out because there was nothing afterwards. Like there was nothing worthwhile to come after. So it was just a letdown. That's not a fake out. Now hear me out. Because Dean loves movies, 
And this show loves to play with like different ways of like setting episodes up and loves to play with its own format. Could you have imagined if we did get a zombie episode and it was like a full black and white Night of the oh. Living Dead parody? I would have loved that. Mm-hmm. That would have been so fun. And there would have been a way to tackle like themes of death and immortality mm-hmm. like within that. Shit writes itself. Sarah, come on. Come on, ma'am. I did like that it was the guy it was just weird science quote unquote Mm -hmm. that was interesting to me but that's about it i do like how it's kind of showing like yeah dean is anxious and doesn't want this to happen but he's not willing to go to any extent but like they could have done that in a more fun way right yeah like he does have boundaries um like there is a line for him but they could have done that with zombies yeah no they absolutely could have done that with zombies Um, We were robbed. Yeah, no, we really were. Sarah, don't tease us. Especially like, sorry, not to harp on this too much, but especially like, what if the newspaper had leads about people coming back from the dead? Like make it like a National Enquirer type. And so they have to go investigate that. And there's like a false sense of hope. And then when they get there, it's fucking zombies. That'd be so fun. fun. Womp womp. Jordan, they should have hired you. Right. So, yeah, they find out that the liver is surgically removed from the body that they're investigating, right? So Mm -hmm. Sam is super excited. And, like, obviously we know, having watched the whole episode, that he's excited because he knows exactly what's going on, you know, having seen the surgical incision. But I am very hype during this scene with Sam. Like, he's having such a good time talking about, like, 19th century medicine and like silk sutures and the maggots and the infected flesh and like so i'm having a good time thinking about you know frankenstein and mary shelley and 19th century horror sci-fi stuff and blah blah blah. you know again the winding up of this episode is is very good and then it's Mm -hmm. just like I, I like that this episode, at least the ideas that it has are interesting. And I think they make a pretty good follow-up just in terms of like, like a mo- movement of thematic content to uh, the previous episode. Considering like in Long Distance Call, right, the idea was that Dean was like, oh, like I, I want my dad to save me because he feels helpless like a kid. And in this, um, you know, they don't have John's voice, but they do have his journal and they're still really relying that on that as like a piece of his uh, knowledge and, you know, his legacy and whatever. And it's as useless as the the phone call in the previous episode. I think that was very, very good episode to episode. It's not not even like a continuity thing, but like a consistency of tone. Yes, John is consistently worthless, I think. Yes. <laughs> in every incarnation. For real. But no, I totally agree. Um, It's actually kind of funny because I'll talk about it more later, but I thought like kind of like fatherhood was going to be a bigger part of this story because we had put mm. so much emphasis on John like having hunted this person in the past and also uh, Bella's like, of course, her parents being a part of the story too, but I feel like it didn't really end up going anywhere. Yeah, there there was sort of that idea of like what your parents leave you with. Which I guess in this case is being sent to hell. I mean, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, both of the the actions of both of their 
respective fathers led them to sell their souls. So, geez, that's true. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it like that before. That's an interesting way to frame this episode. I don't think mm-hmm. it makes me like it more, but it, it does make me feel like there was something to grab onto. Yeah, and I'm not saying like every episode has to answer the questions it raises either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just feel like. I don't know. Maybe it was like a pacing thing or something, but I was just like, man, this episode is as much of a slog as I remember it being. Yes. (laughs) Which is weird because like individual scenes are good, right? Like even this scene, like just between Dean and Sam and Sam's getting all excited about like his research stuff. And Dean is sort of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like I want to go check out this Rufus thing that Bobby just called about. And like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like some of the shots in this scene are really interesting. Like there's the drippy looking red glass chandelier thing, like right in the foreground with Dean yep. in the background, like sort of next to it. And like, you know, it's fun. It's like, oh, yep, blood. But like how it just doesn't fit together with all of the other pieces quite right. I don't know. I think part of it too is we just have a bad monster. And when we have a bad monster, it just makes the episode not... I don't know. The monster is always what ties the episode in together. Right. So this is just a bunch of threads that are just kind of dangling that didn't connect to anything. And I guess now, um, did we want to talk about Bobby? Yeah. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. He's the best. Especially with John not adding thing anything to the last few episodes. It just makes like what Bobby does bring to the table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, John, once again, useless. Bobby, once again, <laughs> helpful. <laughs> and then I think this is the first time I get a mention of Rufus. Yeah. What did you think of Rufus? I really liked Rufus. I, I love the idea of having a retired hunter. I don't know for sure that he's a retired hunter. I don't think they're it's explicit about that, but that's like the vibe right. I get. And um, I like the idea of this retired hunter kind of being like a warning sign of like, this is what you could be. Mm-hmm. I do want to mention, we have two black characters in one episode. That's pretty shocking for Supernatural. Yeah, that's true. Um, one was literally a demon. <laughs> but Sadly, less shocking for Supernatural. But at but least I mean, it's like like a variety of stories. Exactly. Absolutely. Especially because like Rufus was intelligent. You know, he saw things in a way that Dean wasn't able to, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. I like Rufus. I hope Rufus is a character we're going to see more of. Mm-hmm. I really admire his energy. Like he's not bitchy the way some of the other mm-hmm. side characters are, but he's just like a really pissy kind of version of Bobby. Like if Bobby were even more paranoid and angry, you know? Yeah. I gotta appreciate that. To me, I'm like, what does he owe them? Like, I love that someone finally tells Dean, like, no, get out of here. Right, right. And I think there's something extra satisfying about it being a Black person, or if it had been any, like, like any race of person who wasn't white, to be honest, because I I think, like, (laughs) like, I'm watching this and thinking about bugs i'm sorry um 
but like they you know they go onto the reservation and like they find the the wise old brown man to tell them all about the spooky thing true (laughs) and i'm just like why like why is he helping them like he has literally no reason to and you know it's just because the expectation is that you know you do what white people want you to do it's like that's just sort of what happens on tv i don't know Mm -hmm. um so it's just kind of nice to have them get told like well no (laughs) yeah i did know at this point though that bella's fate was sealed Mm -hmm. because they kind of if rufus is going to become a regular character they kind of um put a a small emphasis that he like also kind of fences magical items Mm -hmm. or at least has is in works with bella to find things for her and I'm like, oh, there's literally no need to have Bella anymore. I'm like, ding dong. Fox are calling. <laughs> yeah, that's so true, but so sad. I mean, sure, there is that. I think Bella's death in this episode was more supposed to be about inevitability yeah. um, than anything mm-hmm. else. But mm-hmm. I guess in a meta sense, you're not wrong (laughs) (laughs) as an aside i find this conversation that dean has with rufus about how the lives of hunters go very very depressing particularly in like a meta context Mm -hmm. the line rufus has is folks like us there ain't no happy ending we all got it coming and i'm like okay so this is season three, and like that's how the show ends. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, come on. It's funny because I had that literal exact same thought when he said that line. Right. And it was really hard. I was like, gosh, I'm exposing myself to the show for the first time, knowing how it ends. And sometimes I'm like, <laughs> what is it for? Right. Why am I torturing myself? <laughs> right. Because we want you to suffer. Yeah. Yes. I mean, personally, I kind of like to suffer. This one, in a way, it was not intending. <laughs> well, you know, you know, it just happens sometimes, Allie. True. You can't always control how things play out. <laughs> Gotta learn to let go. Oh, Lord, do we know that with Supernatural? Yeah. <laughs> So I was watching this episode in preparation to record with y'all uh, with with my roommate. And when we got to this part, I expressed basically the same sentiment, like, you know, is how the show ends, which makes this really kind of a bummer. And he turns to me and he goes, well, I mean, I guess, but like the finale isn't even canon. So. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Fair point. I know. I laughed so hard. I was like, wow. Like, are you just saying justice? Are you just saying that to like get on my good side for something? Like, what (laughs) (laughs) what's going on? (laughs) After this is when Dean actually goes to confront Bella because Rufus gives the hotel information to Dean. Well, there's an there's like a Doc Benton and Sam interlude uh first though. I'm pretty sure that's directly after, but it doesn't, we could talk about them in either order. I don't even fucking know, dude. Yeah. <laughs> At this point. Either way, it's a poorly paced episode. Yeah, none, exactly. None of us can remember how the fuck, like what order it went in. Things happen in Things a certain happen. order. 
I would like to just get all this Doc Benton crap out of the way right now. I will say, like, as a concept, he interests me because, like, you know, he's immortal and, like, he's used science to become immortal. But, like, technologically, he hasn't progressed at all. Like, he's literally frozen in time. I think this this sort of segment of it would make a better short story than mm. it, it did for like a TV format. But like, you know, like and they even take the time to to contrast his his, you know, his silk sutures and, you know, maggots. And then they have like that guy's like Fitbit or whatever ancient <laughs> Fitbit technology, like in every scene. So you like have the heart monitor effect going on mm. and you know like this shed versus like the big old hospital where the plastic surgeons are coming out of and everything like mm-hmm. it, like it's interesting ideas it's, it's the same kind of ideas as the previous episode it's the same kind of like reflecting back on the progress of technology and mm-hmm. and everything but like comparing benton to the crocata the crocata has adapted and Benton is like frozen. Like it's interesting to think about. I just don't know. Like, how did it get so boring? You know, okay, like I, I'm sitting here, like all of these things are so neat. But I have my- a recommendation if you don't like this. So it's kind of similar. And I'm one, I really wonder if they like pulled elements from this because it does involve like selling your soul, also the like changes of science. Y'all know Christopher Marlowe, right? Mm-hmm. Awesome. If people listening don't, um, he was a contemporary of Shakespeare's and he wrote the tragical history of the life and death of Dr. Faustus. Now it's just called Dr. Faustus. And while this is an okay story, World of Escapes, Escape Room in Columbus, uh, right outside of Columbus, has a whole escape room set up based on this. And it's like this episode, but better in an escape room form. Huh. What are some of the parallels between that escape room, if you don't mind spoiling a little bit of it? Yeah, so the story is about a guy who's a doctor who is obsessed with like immortality and learning new things. And it's during like the Calvinist era. And so this is the original story. And it's about like him becoming a like, quote unquote, mad scientist and ultimately like condemning himself to hell. And um, the escape room is made by a local couple. The woman runs the place and the man creates like all of the sets and ideas. And so they placed it in the 1880s to parallel things like Frankenstein a little more. And it's but it's still based around the original storyline. That is some more interesting than this. That's for sure. (laughs) And I felt like there's so much here that was like, they're like, well, this is a cool idea, but let's just put another doctor's name and do it poorly. Oh, if you're interested, that's at the World of Escapes, Escapes Room. It's like right in New Albany. Well, shout out to local businesses. We like that. Yeah. I said, participating in the conversation, Lee. (laughs) So I think you were talking, Jasper, a little bit about how like the um, there's like some interesting ideas that just like really fell flat. I think for me, it was just that this monster overall really lacked a sense of identity and a polish that some of the past ones have had. 
Yeah. Like, I just kind of was left a little confused by, like, how they approach immortality. Because, like, we have, like, a magical formula, like his Krabby Patty secret formula that he drinks (laughs) that made him immortal. But organs also decay, so he has to replace them. Right. his organs get stabbed, he's still fine. Right, right. It's a lot of, like, wait, what the fuck? Like, the process of dying is a process of, like, a cellular death and organ death. So if his organs are still dying and like his, like, you know what? I, yeah, yeah. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah. It made no sense. Right. And he also has super strength for some reason. I don't right. know. Well, that's yeah. because he was like beasting them with some gorilla arms that he sewed mm, on yes. himself. <laughs> you could say he had that gorilla grip. Oh my, oh God. my fucking God. I'm sorry. I walked right into that one. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I don't understand all the stitched up parts. Like, like I know that's very Frankenstein, but like if you yeah. read Frankenstein, it was like breaking down into the sinews before you like rebuild. Right. And I get it's hard to like physically show that, but just oh, someone make this more interesting, please. It just it just would have worked better as a short story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I just there wasn't enough room to expand because it's bundled in together in this episode that is like Bella's death episode. Yeah. So like mm-hmm. they're, do- they're trying to do so many things here and it's just like, oh my fucking God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dean and Sam, I think just in general in this episode are extremely brutal, like almost to the point of being out of character, yes. but not quite there. You know what I mean? Like they're just like way too into torturing they're way too into fucking with this Frankenstein guy. And they're like very whatever about burying him alive forever in a chained up refrigerator. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't even know if I hate it because I do think it shows like how close they are. Yeah. And it's no. kind of like balls to the walls. Yeah. No, no, no. I, I definitely agree with that. It's just like such a shock. I feel like some gradual like movement towards unhinged behavior would have been nice in- instead of like mm-hmm. this sudden increase in in uh, brutality. Because I feel like we come into this episode after the last one where like Dean is very like questioning things he's doing. Sam is like worried about kids throughout the whole episode. And this one, they're like, torturing and burying people alive and telling people <laughs> they deserve to die and like yeah. all this stuff and I'm like whoa <laughs> yeah it was very inconsistent with their character and then like Sam really confused me with this plan as well because like literally he looked at this monster who I mm-hmm. get like we've discussed like is it really a monster if it's a person but like he's like right. look Dean you could be this look look what this gift I gave you and Dean's like uh like <laughs> it just makes no sense yeah well I think the idea was just that like you know he would have plenty of time until his own body started to deteriorate yes. and he, they just needed like he says like he's like we just need more time to figure it out mm-hmm. so I kind of get it it's a stopgap measure but also it's like a little freaky deaky (laughs) yeah yeah it's a little freaky deaky i think i would rather get vampirized you know yeah for real i love this rant that dean has during that scene by the way where he's all like 
things are black and white monster human it feels like such a um regression like back to like early season one because i think there's been so much time spent on navigating gray areas and even this episode i think tries to navigate gray areas but then to have him just be like nope 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 no (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) i don't know i it compels me (laughs) I think they should have let it be a Bella episode. She literally was like a guest star for an entire season. Like we could have given her an episode dedicated to her, her backstory, her intentions. Right. It's just sad. Yeah. Well, and, and I find myself very confused and unsatisfied with her ending. And, and I, I will say it's not just because she dies. Okay. Cause I, I am all for tragedy. I think you can write tragedy really well and, mm-hmm. you know, have it be really compelling, but this isn't that her acting was great. But other than that, like, I'm not, I don't find this conclusion too stellar. Mm-hmm. So I guess we're moving on into talking about Bella now officially. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's fucking go. Yeah, I feel the same. Like, it feels frustrating because they put in so much time characterizing Bella with the boys, which is wonderful. And then in this ultimate moment, like, this was so out of character for Dean. And, like, I know he's worried and frustrated and all of that. But just to have him, like, so coldly be like, well, this is on you, especially someone who's grown up in abuse. Right. The thing that I tell myself is like, well, he didn't know about it. And that's something that frustrates me. I'm I'm like, she would have had every reason, I think, to try and justify what she did at this point. Because yeah. like, I think um, self-preservation is the most important thing to her. And like, we've seen in the past when she's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to die. Like, she isn't so prideful that she is unwilling to admit that and ask for help. So like here, I do wonder why she doesn't like reveal like about her childhood. And I think given the the way Dean grew up, obviously there isn't any sort of canonical indication that he was a sufferer of childhood sexual assault within or without his family. But I think he would be pretty sympathetic to that. Like, I think most people would be pretty sympathetic to that. (laughs) Yeah. And it feels like they give the benefit of the doubt to so many people. Like they literally are out there trying to help people and justify everything they do by that. And then to have him, like to have both of them kind of just blow this off and not expect that she had something go on. Like they seem hyper aware of why hunters end up as hunters and then they're like well bella well must have been her own problem right right i i think what we're supposed to take away from it is that like you know you make your bed you lay in it she made a series of bad choices that made them very angry with her and because of that you know it's just coming back to bite her in the ass so earlier we had talked about Sam and Dean. Well, like it almost feels like they regressed this episode. And I also kind of feel like Bella regressed a little bit, which is kind of sad for like the finale. Right. Like I may have been reading too much between the lines, but I felt like she was becoming sympathetic to right. like um, Sam and Dean. And like when she had messed up, like she had felt bad about it. 
Right. But like you had said, self-preservation is just going to like trump that. Here, like we got that a little bit and then it didn't lead anywhere. Like these feelings of guilt that she had about like ripping Dean and Sand off so much, just totally flatlined. Much like the Fitbit. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. And I like, I have to wonder how much of it was just due to rewrites, Mm -hmm. you know, because of the writer's strike and everything. Like, I I do, I am curious, like, what sort of storyline they might have originally had planned for her. Because it does feel like a departure from the trajectory Mm -hmm. of her earlier episodes. Yeah, it feels like they were going to have this come up still, but in a very different way. And it was kind of just like, um, let's throw something together because we can't just not deal with her before the end of the season. Right. Yeah, that's sort of how it feels to me as well. Like some of this stuff definitely felt planned. Like I think their intention was always to have her deal come about and for her to die. And like it seems like her backstory was probably set in stone. But the circumstances surrounding it, I don't know. Yeah, especially when we found out that her plan got changed. And I was like, oh, if you're trying to do like a lesson, like the kind of like, you know, lay with a dog, get fleas type of thing, Mm -hmm. then like, let's really go for it. Like, Mm -hmm. have her like thinking she's going to get out of this deal. And then you find out that it's hopeless. That would have been more fun knowing that Mm -hmm. Dean's episode dealing with the end of his deal is coming up next episode. Mm -hmm. But I just kind of didn't care. And I really did not expect myself to like not care about Bella in her finale. So yeah, Yeah. it's sad, but I find myself more exasperated. Like I, I feel so unimmersed in this episode that it's hard to feel emotionally attached to her ending and like her final scenes even despite like the fabulous job that lauren cohen did with her you know her red puffy face sobbing Mm. and all of this stuff i'm just like (laughs) you know like that's that's the best way to describe how i'm feeling nail on the head absolutely you know I just think Dean, they write him jumping from like an exasperated, I'm going to kill her, but not really meaning it to a literally, I think you should die just so fast. Like that just, I don't know. He, I don't think he actually thinks anybody deserves to die. I don't know. And, And I think like, he's not an unintelligent person like if he understands that she had like a 10-year deal which he does seem to understand and he knows when her parents died from the file she was 14 like first off she's a lot younger than him now so like less mature and less able to navigate things just on account of you know how brains work <laughs> like her prefrontal cortex is still developing not to be that bitch but <laughs> <laughs> um anyway but the other thing is how do, how do you find out someone made a demon deal when they were 14 years old and not go oh they got really fucked over somehow yeah like like children don't just do shit like that like not often anyway children just don't do shit like that and like even even if she was like an evil child or something and obviously they're not operating in a court of law but even in a court of law 
like she would be tried as a minor yeah like i think it's very extreme to be like i'm not gonna help you not get murdered also like dean has been shown like he does have an understanding of like these types of things because whenever he's around a child he's very paternal like he very quickly steps into that role for two like i get in the the like towards the end where he's like you didn't come to us when you should have now it's too late like i get that but like they could have still had that plot beat with him being a little more sympathetic about it because that feels more in line with dean instead of just being like well your fault you you did this to yourself like he just stayed on the phone with her he could have like i don't know there's a hundred other ways that could have gone right i don't know i look at bella's character and i'm just like what for for what for who for when for why Mm -hmm. Like, I know they were running out of time and they did leave this slightly open-ended just in that they, you don't see her brutally murdered, which thank God. Um, Right. Right. Yeah. But I, I feel like if they had made it more mysterious, like she just disappears or something, even if she had died, I would have liked that because it would fit her character more. Like even on the way out, Bella was trying something. Right. That's not a bad thought. Yeah, no. I do kind of like seeing the breakdown, Mm -hmm. to be honest, because Mm -hmm. I feel like she's just a bottle. She's just a whole bunch of pent up emotions, you know, and like we sort of see her crack here and there um, Mm -hmm. when she's really worried. So I do like to I do like to see her broken open like an egg, (laughs) to be honest. I do, too. I want to after Dean like is shitty to her. I want to see her like just go off into the night or something. I did. I, I did like the um, it wasn't even a fade. Like they just cut to black um, mm-hmm. and, and they didn't show her getting killed. And they just have the loud sound of the hellhounds. I, I thought that was good. It does. Ha- it did have a very like clock strikes midnight kind of feel to it. And I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was it was interesting that they chose not to show it. It was it was a little out of character for the writers <laughs> yeah. of the show. But I think maybe, you know, that might have even just been a budgetary thing, like True. not wanting to spend money on, you know, special effects makeup or, you know, CGI stuff mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh or like, you know, saving time on filming. Like I remember mm-hmm. in the Crossroad Blues episode, they had that extended scene where Sam was like trying to uh, save that guy or like mm-hmm. buy time from the Hellhounds and they had them coming in through like the vents and everything. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Well, you know what we should all be thankful for? Huh? Supernatural would not be the type of show to repeat itself and kill off beloved characters by more hellhounds. So at least we've got this out of the way. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Never again. No. Yeah. Nope. I. Yep. No hellhounds. No way. No how. Nope. That's it. Can I? Okay. I did. I like make up the hellhound glasses. Like, I know they have them in the late seasons, but why did I feel like that was something they had in season three? The Hellhound what? Glasses. They have glasses? I distinctly remember them putting on glasses that, like, made them able to see the Hellhounds. I have no memory of this. It's all right. I feel like I made, I feel like I made this up. (laughs) There are, there are. Oh my God. And they look like. 
the 3D glasses with the lenses popped out. Yeah. And they're like the really thick rimmed ones, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just Googled it. What? When do they get those? Let me see what supernatural.fandom says. Season eight. Okay. Okay. And they only so- come in once in season eight. Okay. Yeah. And I, th- I don't think we see them again until like maybe season like, God, like 13. Oh, you're so close. Season 12. It's ah, only in yes. two episodes ever. Why? Why is that so burned into my brain? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Jesus. Sorry. Yeah, that's definitely not something I would have predicted to happen in the show is <laughs> how hound goggles. I thought it was so fun and stupid and great. I was I like, this it. is the best thing that's ever happened in this show. <laughs> anyway yeah i feel like we kind of talked that to death i don't know mm-hmm. i just feel very like meh about it huh. that's how i feel about the whole episode yeah but like in a different way for this bit mm, fair yeah. you know it's just kind of like a letdown it's like okay you know like sometimes you feel like you're like you've got a lot of weird chest stuff and you're like oh i'm, I'm gonna have like it's really fucking sick burp and then it just like comes out and it's just like nothing. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, this is how this feels. Yeah. <laughs> it's like all build up. Or like when you really feel like you need to shit and then you go and you're like, oh, it's just farts. <laughs> but you can tell you're going to have to shit an hour later. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. <laughs> Damn. I mean, this episode's a gigantic wet fart. So, yes. Yeah. I'm just like, they're really not doing much to get me excited for this finale. Like, no. come on, Supernatural. Yeah, it, it's like, man, could they have picked a worse episode to be right before the finale? I don't mm-hmm. know. Just bums yeah. me out, dude. I think that's all we have on the episode itself, though. Yeah. 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 I'm ready to move on. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Today, instead of bringing you my fake wrecks, I instead have a little chat that I had with Maya and Sydney from Canonically Incorrect. Woo! I know. I'm so, so excited to hear it. Right? I was so excited they reached out to us. I was like, oh mm-hmm. my God, people listen to us. <laughs> what? But they are going to come in with their fanfic recs for us. Ooh. I'm very excited. Hello. I'm really excited to get to talk to you guys, like, with voices and stuff and not, (laughs) like, through email. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's always really fun to figure out. Finally meet someone. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, especially cause like, I feel like email is one of those things I'm like, oh, I like low key forgot I had an email. Like mm-hmm. I, don't, I have like four of them and I like every now and again, check the podcast one, but like <laughs> you have no idea how exciting it was to open my email and be like, oh my gosh, like someone found us randomly and just <laughs> wants to talk about fan fiction on the internet with me. 
that's exactly how I feel that's what we do that's what we do that's what we do (laughs) but that's exactly how I feel every single time we get something when I'm just like oh my god someone has acknowledged us (laughs) (laughs) and it was really funny too because we I had just found you guys in like a thread of like other supernatural podcasts and I was just following the ones had who had things to do with fan fiction and I was just like maybe and I like did digging on all of them and listened to like episodes of all of them and I was like these people sound like fun these people sound like a good time Um, these people sound like somebody who Maya and I could like vibe with because that's all we're looking for oh I love that I actually was gonna ask like how in the fuck did you actually find us a Twitter thread (laughs) Yeah, yeah because I think yeah, like when that thread happened, we probably like only had like 400 followers or maybe less at the wow. time. So it's like very baby, very baby podcast. Mm-hmm. We love baby podcasts. All of our friends are baby podcasts. It's the best. <laughs> it's, it's the best. The best. Cause it's like, we all sort of don't know what we're doing and we're all just sort of like yeah. having a good time. And like, that's it. Like, that's yeah. the only reason we're doing this. Yeah. And I, you know what? I feel like that's the way it should be. Tell us, tell me a little bit about Canonically Incorrect and like how that got started. Cause like Absolutely. I've listened, I've listened to some of your episodes and like, obviously you explained to me, but our listeners, the <laughs> OTR Supernatural listeners might like to know more about you. Absolutely. Um, so my name is Sydney and I am one of the hosts of Canonically Incorrect and I do the show with my best friend, Maya. I'm Maya. I'm the <laughs> other host of the show in Canonically Incorrect. Literally, I this is more on my end. Yeah. I talk about whatever the fuck I want <laughs> fandom-wise on any of my episodes. She's talked about Tchaikovsky. Yeah. She just did an episode oh. about Bloodborne. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, hell yeah. 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 So, so it's, it's a good time. We just talk about anything, anything related to fandom, mm-hmm. fan fiction, fan culture, like whatever we can get our hands on. And whatever we want, like at the end of the day, like there was an episode I did about just the history of Spider-Man because I just wanted to talk about the new Spider-Man movie. And yeah. I was just like, why not? Well, exactly. Elden Ring yeah. came out and I was like, blood, bo- let's talk about <laughs> Bloodborne, baby. So, I love that. But like, we've also done stuff like fan fiction drama, like the uh-huh. stuff that's been going on. Right. Um, but a good portion of our episodes are just one of us will read mm-hmm. fan fiction and then we present it like a book club to the other person yeah and it you know that's, that's incredible um because Maya and I's tastes are very different mm-hmm. <laughs> Maya loves to be hurt she loves angst yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um I like to be happy and so she'll come with me with something very very sad and Hell I just yeah. have to live with it like I just have to <laughs> and it's a lot and then I'll come to Maya with like and they fall in love and la-di-di-da and she's just like very cool <laughs> 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 like, she just gets to live in like my kisses and hugs for a, for a moment in time um, but we also talk to fan fiction authors and I think that's the most fun part of our show is mm-hmm. that we get to talk to people in lots of different fandoms we've talked to people in Yuri on Ice, Harry Potter, Hannibal Hannibal Ultron. Um, yeah like a ton, <laughs> tons of different all across people. the board and um, we try to educate ourselves as much as possible mm-hmm. because uh, you know starting this we have our very niches of what we like right and what we don't like 
Um, and we've had to like take steps into trying to include as many people as possible because, you know, there's a lot of smaller fandoms that we are either never going to know of or are just not going to be interested in with this a small fan base. But for all the big ones, like we've watched so many TV shows that we would have never watched, yeah. played video games that we would have never played just to try to be as inclusive as possible. And talking to the other fan fiction authors has really helped and doing, you know, podcast collabs like you know, with you guys, or, or we've done podcast labs with other pro fanfic is what we all call ourselves podcasts, where we are just all like, just talk about fan fiction for a, a time. And that's truly the, the most fun part of our show. Oh, I just love that. I love that. <laughs> it's just so good. I don't know. I think like, there's something about fanfic that's just so like inspiring to me. Because mm-hmm. like, people just take the time out of their own fucking life. Like no one's paying them to do that. Like they just like something that much. And I'm like, God, that's so awesome. (laughs) It's just so cool. (laughs) Well, I know that's why we did it is because we like really sat down and our our, our whole entire friendship started with talking about anime boys and fan fiction. And we were just like, (laughs) we were just like, why don't we just do this with a mic? And there was a time where we were just like, why is Fanatical Fix and Where to Find Them the only pro fan fiction podcast? You know, why is it this thing that we love, that we're both fan fiction authors, we both love to create and consume this thing, just being absolutely shit on by so many people. And, um, you know, I think that's why we really like this space too, is that everybody else who does these pro fan fiction podcasts are, are smaller podcasts, that they just do it because they love it and that's mm-hmm. it. So you mentioned that you guys have like really different tastes and I definitely saw that reflected in the link you sent me, (laughs) which we'll talk about that later, but I want to know like what kind of tropes you both like, Mm. like within your, like, you know, like Sydney preferring fluff and Maya preferring angst, but like, are there, are there like overlaps in this Venn diagram? Like what kind of stuff do you all like? That is so, no one has ever asked (laughs) us if we've overlapped on anything. I'm very like, Mafia AU is my Mm -hmm. favorite AU. Like, that's that's where I live. Mm -hmm. Like, crime AU. There we go. Love that. Spy, Mafia, like, I'm- Crime. Like, I'm super into it. I love Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. Um, Also loves to be hurt. Hurt comfort, major character death, cheating thick. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, that's spicy. Spicy. I was just about to say it's a little, (laughs) it's a little rough, but you know, it gets you through the day. Um, do we have anything that we share? I literally have no idea because I my favorite, on the other hand, my favorite is a soulmate AU. You can give Mm -hmm. me any variety of a soulmate AU and I will eat it up. I will read incredible. If it's a million words, I will eat it like in, in a night, basically. Um, and I like really fluffy things. I co- controversial take. I like a unplanned pregnancy fit because I like babies. Um, and oh my I gosh. like we. You know what? No, we do. We like a YN fic. That's where we converge. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> we do love a YN fic. I was gonna say the the forced into smaller spaces. With oh! the I think that hits home for both of yeah. us. Yeah. Mm. You know, stuck in an elevator. Stuck in an elevator. Oh, one yeah, bed, there we go. Like spider was only one bed. In the closet. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. You know, like those parts are where we can try. This. You know, it could be like an angsty fic or a fluffy fic, but as, as long as they get stuck in an elevator together at one point, <laughs> can, like, it's fine. It's totally yeah. fine. I'm getting the vibe that like me and Maya are probably a little more aligned in yeah, our reading tastes. I yeah. went through a phase where I was only consuming like Stucky dark fic, which oh. like Stucky is like already kind of like that can be mm-hmm. really 
intense Mm -hmm. um, just because of the nature of it. But then I was like, but what if we made it even worse? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There was, there was a fic last year that I read on the podcast called Sincerely Yours. Mm -hmm. Sincerely not. not. Sorry. Sincerely Yours is the, is the sequel. It was so hurty. It's It's so so hurty. It's so good. It's my favorite fic from last year. Incredible. Incredible. It's like like an arranged marriage, but the individual you marry hates that you've just like chosen to force him. So he cheats on you and you're just in pain. Oh, wow. I was editing the podcast and gasping at the same parts that I gasped to. So good. (laughs) Like in the recording. So fucking It hurts so badly. It was like like love rich, to take loyalty experience. modern uh-huh. it was so good it's so fucking good. love that on the other hand i talked about my favorite fic that finished at the end uh last year mm. and it's like a high school baseball au in which two boys just fall in love with each other yeah so <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it's fine because i would rather us be completely different to cater to somebody out there so somebody can be oh, like yeah. I always know Maya will have a fic for me or someone could be like, oh, I yeah. always know Sydney has a fic for me. Yeah, yeah. incredible. Got to cover all the bases. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why I couldn't do this without Maya. And I say it every time. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you guys end up in like supernatural fandom spaces and like reading supernatural fiction and all of that? Because like I know personally, I I just kind of like lurked because I really did not like Supernatural at Mm -hmm. first. And then I was like, what is with all these crazy people on the Internet, like losing their minds over like (laughs) middle aged white men? I have I like I need to know more. Mm -hmm. And then like some of my like real life friends who are like, you know, most of them are queer. Like I don't spend a lot of time with straight people, but like even my queer friends were like, okay, yeah, this is like I'm spending time watching this. So I was like. (laughs) all right maybe I'll try again and then I was when the like gay oh, is fuck. Safe, good then it's right. good right you need like you need like a couple of, of layers it's like the the Swiss cheese mm-hmm. um theory but like for reviewing primetime television for sure for mm. gay people yeah <laughs> yeah I I don't know if that makes any sense but there's layers <laughs> there's layers that's all um I know Supernatural is my favorite thing to talk about no. <laughs> Oh, you want yeah, me to go Okay. So I started watching Supernatural. Mind you, I'm 20 years old in middle school because this girl that I was interested in. Oh my God. Was into it. And I was like, oh my I'm, God. I'm going to get into that because I'm into her and like she'll talk to me if I do that. Well, you know, it, it, it came down to be a mm-hmm. whole thing. I got super into it. I went to conventions with this girl. Like I met Misha Collins and Jensen Ackles. Oh, wow. Like I have a picture of middle school me <laughs> with Jensen Ackles. It's so horrendous. It's my least favorite photo of myself. That's but, incredible. Um, so I got like a Tumblr around the same time. And I started like writing because she was writing fan fiction. I didn't really know what it was, but I started writing because I was also into anime. Like I was watching Attack on Titan and Soul Eater at the time. Yeah. I think the first thing I wrote was like a soul eater thing. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Supernatural and Supernatural was where I stayed for probably three to four years. Oh, wow. Um, on time. Prime yeah. Time. On my Tumblr, I gained over like 4,000 followers and wow. I only wrote Supernatural, but it was all like YN stuff. I wrote mainly like Dean X reader. And then some people were like, do Sam. So I, I think I yeah. have like one that's Sam. They're still <laughs> all still on my Tumblr, by the way. They're Incredible. All still- but that was kind of where that went. And then I 
fell off the wagon probably my sophomore junior year of mm-hmm. high school just mm-hmm. with fandom mm-hmm. culture in general and mm-hmm. then I came back and I was more anime centric and I still am I never finished Supernatural I watched through season 11 mm. and then I heard about the finale <laughs> I haven't seen the finale I know what happens um I don't know it's slowly like everyone else I think has become the bane of my existence and I can't <laughs> escape it so right it just sucks you back in it finds a way well that's the thing is Sydney <laughs> I was like I got this other podcast and I was like awesome and then that same girl that I was in love with in middle school texted me and was like hey are you watching Supernatural like let me know if you want to watch it together and I was like this is this is holy hell. shit <laughs> like everything's happening at once like, like too much there are points in my and I's friendship where like a song will come on and she'll be like this reminds me of Supernatural or it's so awful <laughs> <laughs> or like what were you even telling me today how like Oh, she used to be able to know what Supernatural episode was just by describing it yeah. to you. Like you would oh, be God. like, oh, well, this, this, and this happens. I'd be like, oh, that's a, like season seven, whatever episode. Like it right. used to know, like the back of my hand. Like, it was oh, wow. Ridiculous. I think Supernatural has been the one thing that I was like so obsessed mm-hmm. with. Nothing else has come close to that kind of obsession. But that was also like teenager me. Yeah. So yeah. I think I've grown out of that a little <laughs> bit, but I don't really know. Well, I mean, I'm 30 and I just got like 10 times more intense about it mm-hmm. in like the past two years than I ever had been nice. um, and, and ever was about anything as a teen. So what I can tell you is there's no hope. Nope. Great. <laughs> <There's> no <laughs> awesome. Yeah. I think especially on this podcast, because we like to do months when it's something really special like when a really popular show is coming back or finishing and we all heard about the supernatural prequel show and i was like hey maya we gotta do supernatural month (laughs) so it will literally never leave her existence so anyways (laughs) (laughs) um i got into supernatural because of super hulak (laughs) Mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. So I, like everybody else, was on Tumblr in my formative years, and I stumbled onto Supernatural, Super Hulak forums, mm-hmm. and I did I did dip my toe into each show. Um, so I'm pretty sure I watched Sherlock first, and I finished, like, everything that was there. I never, like, got as feral for S- Sherlock as, like, some people did. People um, were insane. Oh, my yeah. God. I just hear about the Supernatural, fa- like, fandom sometimes, and I'm like, y'all created your own character? Like, you created an entire character and like made people think that that character really existed in the show (laughs) insane (laughs) so I didn't get to that point but I also tried to watch Doctor Who I watched a couple seasons of that Mm -hmm. and then I dropped off of it but Supernatural was the one that I stayed with for the longest time like I watched I, I'm pretty sure I watched up until a little bit after Kevin's death because Kevin was my favorite character. Oh, Kevin. And it really just ruined the show for me for to be like, no, sorry, I can't do this anymore. Right. Um, but my mother is super, super, super into the show. Like she watched, she watched it loyally and religiously up until the like it was finishing. And that was mm-hmm. how I knew that like the show was ending and like you know when the dates were or whatever and I was living with my parents so my mother would be like oh the third to last episode you have to watch it and so I watched those episodes like as they came out oh because <laughs> like, <laughs> my mother was extremely into it and she was like you just have to watch the finale like I don't care if you watch anything up to it you just have to watch like mm-hmm. you know the last couple episodes and I was like fine I'm okay like sure so I watched those episodes as they came out and like 
immediately I was like, I have to know what Tumblr, I have to know what's going on with Tumblr. <laughs> and um, I was glad that I was there for that because Tumblr has truly never felt like Tumblr yeah. <laughs> like, since that point. Um, and I didn't super consume supernatural fan fiction. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I talk about this in, in my own, in our own podcast, but my like relationship with fan fiction is that I wrote fan fiction that never saw the light of day like I was very scared mm-hmm. to put myself out there and like post fan fiction and so like I did write you know a OC fan fiction with like you know the love interest being Kevin and stuff because I, I was absolutely <clears throat> in love with that boy um but like it never saw the light of day because I was just too scared to put it out there um so I did like that that much of it of like creating an OC like writing some stuff about it that never finished or was never published and I just had like fun with it while I was there. And truly my, my fandom experience when it came to Supernatural was just like talking to my mother about it <laughs> because we would just like watch it together. You know, that's so wild because like I just got my mom into Supernatural yeah. like, last year and now I get to have like that same kind of thing, but like mm-hmm. backwards. Yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure it was just like, I was watching the show. My mom was just like, what is this? And I told her, cause like, at, at, it was like the beginning of the show. Like I could have never dreamed of like what Supernatural was like sure, going to yeah. become. So I was just like, yeah, mom, this is just like a very innocent show. Like, about, <laughs> about like two brothers fighting monsters together. And I truly miss like the, the first three seasons of like, Super- they were just like so good. Like mm. uh, it was, th- that was just like a moment in time where you're just like, this is just innocence before it became like what it was and just like spiraled off into like angels and demons and God and purgatory. And especially it was really hard because I grew up um, like Catholic and I had just like a whole bunch of things of like leaving like religion and stuff like that. Uh Anything that came out with like religion of any sort, like God and the devil. And I was just like, so over it I was just like I get it. Like it's been in my face for years. So that like, (laughs) (laughs) that like, kind of put a bitter taste on my mouth for a while and then it wasn't until I got older and like got over all of that where I was just like yeah supernatural is supernatural like it's good for what it is you know right yeah 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 totally you know always good to spend time working through that religious trauma yeah you know know? I want to hear about the wrecks themselves why did you pick what you picked tell me who you should do what I do and like read the um the title and like the summary okay. and tell me about the tags and stuff and then we'll yes. like dig into it okay I'm gonna pull them up on AO3 <laughs> I, go first? I was actually very surprised that no one had ever recommended Twisted Shout before because yeah. that's like an iconic fic yeah. in the fandom yeah well that's kind of like that's part of why I have never brought it up Mm-hmm. So I try to like highlight fic that is like related to the episode or is like, you know, lesser known because I think like it's part of the reason why some of these fics like are so well known is they're just, they're just old. Like they've been around so yeah. long. Mm-hmm. So like people have been talking about them since like the fucking dark ages. Dude. Yeah. Like I want to like know what people are making now. And, like, Twist and Shout definitely has its place and definitely completely changed, like, the face of... For sure. ...fandom. So, like, it's super cool to talk about. Would you like to talk about Twist and Shout? Uh, I, can, I didn't have that one yeah. pulled up, but yeah, I can pull tell us, up. Tell us about Twist and Shout. Tell us. So, to be perfectly honest, 
I have not consumed a lot of supernatural content since my resurgence back mm-hmm. into fandom culture. Mm-hmm. So both of the things that I have recommended today were things that I read back in probably 2015 or 2016. So fresh off the press. Excuse me. Do not drink my milk. <laughs> Thank you. The Forget Me Not Blues is from 2014. Uh, Twist and Shout. Also from 2014. Also 2014. Awesome. What a year. What a year. It truly was. Yeah. Honestly, it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty damn good. I, that was probably what the which season was coming out by then. Twenty fourteen. I have like no idea. Eight. Eight. Oh. No, no, no. Yeah, that I was gonna say sense. it started. Wait, it started airing in two thousand six. So oh. I was gonna say I was like Don the Rose Supernatural mm. podcast is gonna know better than I am. Yeah. <laughs> I like, uh, mainly, I I like the first five seasons. I think right. they should have just ended there, but they didn't. So you know, it's fine. well, <laughs> respectfully, I must disagree. But, however, (laughs) please, please continue. All right. So, Twist and Shout by Gabriel and Stand By Me is from 2014. The tags are graphic depictions of violence, (laughs) major character death, Dean slash Castiel, Sam slash Jess, Balthazar slash Castiel, Dean cast Big Bang, Twist and Shout, AU. I didn't realize this was written for a bang. I guess. I, yeah, I guess I didn't realize that until now. Could you well. imagine this was just supposed to be like a really fun thing for the fandom? And then you're like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> okay. Wow. So synopsis is, what begins as a transforming love between Dean Winchester and Castiel Novak in the summer of 1965 quickly derails into something far more tumultuous when Dean is drafted into the Vietnam War. Though the two both voice their relationship is one where saying goodbye is never a real truth, the story becomes fraught with a tragedy of circumstance. In an era where homosexuality was especially vulnerable, Twist and Shout is a story of love transcending time, returning over and over in its many forms, as faithful as the sea. <sighs> so again, I have not read this in probably seven-ish years, six, seven years. I just remember everyone talked about this. It everyone is- still is talking about yeah. this. I like. I will fully admit that I've really only read like the first chapter, um, okay. but like the amount of like quotes and things from it that I recognize just yeah. because wow. of like my fucking Twitter feed is astronomical. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like it's a pillar of like fan fiction, For sure. not just supernatural. Just fan fiction. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, totally. Everyone knows what you're talking about when you say twist and shout. Yeah. Even if yeah. you weren't in the supernatural fandom, you're like, oh shit. Yeah. Like they yeah. yeah i mean it's like to the point where like i'm like misha collins refers to it every now and again yeah not directly but i think our 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 peak when we hit our peak is when we can get misha collins on the show i think that's our peak i wonder what kind of fanfic he would want to talk about (laughs) could you imagine this is something this is something i've talked about with ali and jordan actually and i think like some people like at least on Twitter, seem to have the idea that he would, like, recommend some, like, really, like, beautiful prose mm-hmm. stuff, but I think he would pick, like, the crackiest, weirdest AU. Like, he would be, like, yeah, the bagel fic, you know what I mean? <laughs> Something just extremely, he's just like, yeah, the one where, like, Sam and Shrek, like, get together. Yeah. Yes. Like, that one. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just because he's a monster. Mm-hmm. No, I also have never read Twist and Shout, um and i'm currently waiting until we can probably like get a patreon and somebody can pay me to read it because that's the only way i put myself (laughs) through that heartbreak is that someone actually like pays me (laughs) to like really make like because that's gonna be heart shattering (laughs) like now that i'm sitting here thinking about it i'm like that was probably the first pick i read where it was like 
really do, like real character deaths and like graphic depiction of yeah. violence like yeah because I don't know you know obviously I was like 16 in 2014 mm. but like I don't you know personally know where fan fiction laid on like the the spectrum of society at that time but like it feels to me that twisted shot was almost one of those fics where people were like oh fan fiction can be serious yeah <laughs> fan oh, fiction yeah. can be this like be heartbreaking and and make me rethink my life right right I definitely if you haven't read 91 whiskey Maya I think <gasps> you should read 91 whiskey okay yeah I, I do will, too I will look it up um, I was yeah 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 I agree do you, oh have you read that one Sydney I have I have. oh god oh it's so good this is how I feel about 91 whiskey it's like it's the patricians twist and shout all right. I'm just saying it's so refined. <laughs> it's so good. What okay. we're saying is that we think you'd love it. <laughs> All right. I will look into it. Mm-hmm. Good. Good. What else do you have for me today? What else you got? Tell me about Forget Me Not Blues. All right. Forget Me Not Blues is by No Angels in the Garrison. It's also on AO3. Came out November of 2014. Twist and Shout was August. Tags are great year. Good year. Good year. Fine year. (laughs) (laughs) No archive warnings applied. Creator chose not to use archive warnings, which seems weird, but Castiel slash Dean Winchester, Jessica Moore slash Sam Winchester, romantic comedy, firefighter Dean, Professor Castiel, weddings, misunderstandings, alternative universe, high school, explicit sexual content, fluff and angst, mutual pining, community, Dean Caspid Bang, uh, DCBB 2014, and Slowbird. Do you think these were a part of the same Big Bang? I think so. What a year. What a year. Good year. What a fine vintage. What a great Big Bang. (laughs) Listen, fandom was different. Yeah, it was. When Tumblr was a no man's. Yeah, when there was no laws. When porn was allowed on Tumblr. Oh, man. Those were the days. Jesus. I forgot about that. Yeah. What an awful time for 14-year-old me to be like, I'm going to go on Tumblr. To just be stumbling through Tumblr. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so the synopsis is Sam and Jess are getting married and Dean couldn't be any happier for them. However, they're kind of disgustingly perfect for each other. And Dean's pretty damn excited about staying with them the week before the wedding. He's Sam's best man, of course. And he doesn't even mind that Jess has her own best man to share all of the organizational duties. The more the merrier, right? Except Dean must have done something to epically piss off the universe because Jess's best man just happens to be Cassiel friggin' Novak. He's gotten even hotter since high school, but apparently no friendlier. And if Cass wants to spend the week pretending like they never met before, fine. Two can play at that game. It's- Which is completely up your alley. No, absolutely. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. Yeah, and I will say that Firefighter Dean, um, that tag? Yeah! Yeah, yeah. 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 Tag. yeah. That makes up for it. Chapter yeah. seven? Definitely. Ooh, yeah. Good. Firefighter Dean, that goes hard. Love yeah. that. And I will say personally, it's like 68,000 words, get through it in a day. Easy. Oh, absolutely. Easy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Definitely. they only put it in eight chapters, which mm-hmm. is like, yeah, come on, man. Whatever, man. Bed. Let's go. <laughs> but on mobile, it's nothing. Baby's exactly. game. Right. No, totally. Like, I made it all the way through fucking down to Agincourt. I can, I can read this shit in one go. Oh, my God. Oh my God that God, intimidates me. <laughs> you have more power than I thought you did. <laughs> yeah. Those kind of fix the same with those kind of books. Like I read a lot of published books too. And I was just talking about Brandon Sanderson, who's like, oh, an hell incredible. yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. I am so intimidated to read his books because they're so chonky. And I guess I'm like, oh my God, this is going to take me forever to get through. And all of his books are like that. 
Oh no, they you just fly through them. You just fly through them. Oh. It's kind of like that with DTA, except okay. you're also screaming and going, "What the fuck is happening? What the fuck <laughs> is happening?" The oh, whole yeah. time, it's great. But anyway, um, tell me, yeah. tell me more about this. I also, I gotta say, like Professor Cass also goes really hard. I'm very good. Yeah. The thing is, like, I, I don't want to talk about it because it's like kind of spoilery mm-hmm. to like say okay. anything about. Okay. This. Just because, like, the synopsis does a very good job of, yeah. like, setting everything up. The whole first chapter, I'm, if I'm remembering correctly, I kind of gazed through it, is just, like, oh, he's in town. Oh, they they mm-hmm. reconnect, and Cass is acting like nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know you. It's fine. But Firefighter Dean goes hard. Oh. Professor yeah. Cass goes hard. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, everything yeah. Everything about this fake is chef's kiss yeah yeah love that and said at a wedding like come on Ah, come on Ah, come on (laughs) well apparently weddings are in the middle of your venn diagram also i guess yeah Yeah, i do like i mean you both sound pretty good i do like a good hallmark movie a specifically christmas movie (laughs) so as much as i will hate it it really it gave me a lot of that where it was just like in the best way possible like without the bad part that also make it gay um oh of course it was just like you know, old time friends getting together. They yeah. were kind of rivals. It's that en- enemies to lovers kind of thing. More like rivals to lovers kind of right. situation. Uh, misunderstandings right. from shit that happened. In high- it's Dude, so good. The misunderstandings. Oh, oh, oh yeah, big, misunderstandings. Big. Yeah, Oof, yeah, so good yeah, for me. Yeah. So um, mine are very different. I tried to make them as different as possible. Um, and also mine are very recent because I didn't start really reading supernatural content until very recently. Yeah, that's fair. So while Maya is more old school, I'm trying to come with the very 2020 to 2022 kind of content. Right, right, right. Um, so the first one I'm going to talk about is Prince of My Heart by All My Stars. Um, it has a lot of tags, so I'm just going to go through the most important ones. It is a Destiel fic, which honestly is just the most important part to some people. Um, alternate reality. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's an alternate reality royalty, arranged marriage, Ooh. Prince Castiel, poor Dean Winchester. Dean Winchester has a crush on Castiel, the Bachelor AU. Wow. Angst, fluff, and smut. Happy ending, different classes, emotional hurt, comfort, um, past child abuse, violence, death threats, eventual smut, mm-hmm, mutual mm-hmm, pining, mm-hmm. Um, a reality TV, sharing a bed, which as I mentioned before, yeah, mm-hmm. Good <laughs> slow stuff. Bur- and slow burn. Um, so it truly has everything. And the the description of it is suitors line up far and wide for a chance to be one of 11 that get to know and potentially marry crown prince castiel novak hey dean has just as good of a shot as any right so it's literally like the bachelor but royalty like if anybody has read the selection books it's very similar to that where it's just a bunch of people trying to marry a prince and doing like you know, they walk through gardens together and they wear very beautiful <laughs> clothing. Yeah. And the purpling of the fic is like, like I do, I love, I love purple prose. I know some people don't like purple prose. I love purple prose. And like I said, this fic is very long. It's over 300,000 words currently. It's also not finished. It's at um, chapter 66 of 80 right Woo! now. Um, but it co- updates constantly. The last update was March 11th of this year. So the, yeah. the author is updating like constantly. So I don't think this is what we have to worry about it, like disappearing from the world. Right. Um, and it is, it is, it is so good. <laughs> like it is truly like, just take, it's, 
I don't know what, what else to say, but it's just like, if you like The Bachelor or if you like the idea of The Bachelor and like people actually falling in love with each other or like, and it, it is, I will say for the people who like Hurt, there is a lot of hurt to it because there's like 11 people trying to go for one person. And so there's a lot of jealousy involved. There's a lot of miscommunication involved. Um, very good. It's just very good. <laughs> Sounds good. I love so, that. You know, it has a lot for everyone I think the the hurt parts are very hardy to get through um but there are a lot of very very sweet moments that I think as someone who doesn't like to be hurt makes up for it yeah and um but I would if you don't even like to you know read a fic before it's finished which I know Maya personally doesn't like (laughs) um just throw it on in that mark for later and wait for it to be finished because I could see this being finished like within the year easily I love that there's something like truly so good about hurt comfort I think yeah. because like it's like the higher the emotional distress mm-hmm. the better the catharsis when it's over you know mm-hmm. I just I'm a big I'm a big believer in psychic damage that's fair I think especially when it's like because I, I, as much as I hate miscommunication as a trope, there are some who do it really well. And the people who do it really well do it really fucking well. Really well. Yeah. Like, you know, seeing somebody out in the gardens or like sharing a moment and you're just like, I'm not good enough. I'm just, you know, I'm not, you know, rich. I don't come from a good family. Like, it's that kind of internal monologue where you're just like, please love yourself (laughs) please think higher of yourself (laughs) so and I know some people love a slow burn so this one's very slow burn yeah um that's the good stuff that's that's, the good stuff that is the good stuff um and the other one I want to talk about is a general fix so this is not (laughs) it's called through the cold I'll find my way back to you by Nebula Stuckey um it was written in 2020 the tags are Castiel and Dean um, no archive warning apply. Castiel, Dean Winchester, Jack Klein, um, Billy, Supernatural f- Form and Void, The Shadow, Season 15, Episode 18, Despair, First Kiss, Coda, Post Episode, Season 15, Episode 18, Despair, Fix It, Castiel-centric, and the title is from a Hoser song. <laughs> of course it is. Of course it is. Of course it is. Um, on fan fiction, if it's not titled from a Taylor Swift song or a Hosier song, what are you doing? Right. No, totally. Um, And the description is, the empty isn't empty. There's the empty itself, of course, smiling wickedly with the face of a friend long lost ago. There's Billy, not dead, but dying. Her every breath a grimace. Her skin is molted and horrid, and everything about her looks shabbier and more ragged in the not light of this place. And then there's Castiel. So this is when I took a tumble after I finished (laughs) the finale with my mother. It was basically, we watched the finale. We were like, what the fuck? Um, And then I did some scrolling on Tumblr to have a good cheery old time watching everybody else collectively lose their goddamn minds about what was (laughs) happening at the end of the show. And then I immediately went on to AO3 and just the amount of content that I saw come in those like next couple of days was like truly insane and um this was one of my favorites i like read it a ton this one's very short it's only 1700 words it's it's very short um but it's it's written so beautifully it's it's also that purpley prose where it's you know it describes everything it describes like literally being in a dark black void 
somehow so beautifully, especially since like the author themselves talked about how they like dropped off of Supernatural like a year plus ago. And you're just like, damn, you're still able to write this even Mm -hmm. after just like, oh, I dropped off the show from a while ago. I have only watched this last episode and here I go again, (laughs) like kind of situation. Right. Um, But I, I truly had a lot of love for a lot of the fics that I saw both long and short but this was one that I was just like I sat there being like oh if this was the ending yeah I don't think anybody would have been mad like yes 100% just thinking about those days right after the finale (laughs) they were different I felt like I was 15 again like scrolling through tumblr and being like yeah everyone was just on the same page again we all from whatever fandom, long and far, old and new, we're all talking about Supernatural once again. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, awesome. We've all just collectively come to slay the dragon. Yeah, but even just the spike in fanfic, it's just like so good. And everybody's take, honestly, everybody's take is much better than the actual take. <laughs> like yeah. everybody's take is is so good. Whether it be like, you know, Sam or Dean going in to get Castiel or Castiel getting out because of Jack or something like that. Right. And finding his way back to Dean or like them finding themselves back in heaven together. It's just, it's so good. Like so good. And I think like, it's wild too, that everything is like of such a high quality Mm -hmm. um, because honestly, like the bar was so low. Yeah. (laughs) Like like people wouldn't have even had to put in that much effort to be better than the finale, but they did anyway. And it paid off. Well, because I think people were probably thinking about how Supernatural should end for years. Oh (laughs) Like truly for years. And when they saw it, they were just like, oh yeah, I can do this better than you. And they're correct. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. I personally have two different finale Mm -hmm. like fix it. It's just, it's so easy to come up with ways (laughs) that were so much better than the, yeah. Than the actual finale. Yeah, for sure. 100%. Yeah. Okay. Well, that was, um, pretty much all I had. Okay. So yeah. Yay. It was really, really lovely talking to you. Um, and I'm excited to talk again later in the future. In the future. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do you mind if we like plug our podcast? No, no, go for it. Go for it. (laughs) Awesome. So we are canonically incorrect, um, on all social media, we are on Twitter and Tumblr and TikTok and Instagram. Ooh. If you just look up Canonically Incorrect Podcast, you'll be able to find us. And you can stream us on basically everything. Spotify. Spotify, Apple Music. Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. Sound, SoundCloud. SoundCloud. Yeah. Please listen to the SoundCloud. I had to pay lots of money to get that subscription. <laughs> you can leave comments on SoundCloud. You can leave comments on certain yeah. spots. Like, that's cool. We'll read those. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you can follow us individually at at Fiji and Gecko and at Acid Carvel. Yeah, or you can send us an email if you have any recommendations for us based off of what we talked about. Yeah, and then if you love Supernatural because you're listening to this podcast, we do have a very special Supernatural episode that we did called the Miss... Yes, it was the Halloween episode. <laughs> I was like, our, what are you talking about? We had about? like a special Halloween episode yeah. where we found a... I found a fic that was... Um, if you know what BuzzFeed Unsolved is... Mm-hmm. It's basically like um, I found like a whole section of the internet on AO3, which is people writing um, like scripts basically for BuzzFeed Unsolved. Yeah, but with fictional characters like Captain America, Hannibal, um, Supernatural, obviously. So that episode's episode 32, The Death Defying Mystery of the Brothers Winchester. Incredible. 
Thank you. Everybody better listen to that now because I said so. (laughs) (laughs) It would help us out a lot. Thank you so much. (laughs) That was fun too because we filmed it or we recorded it in like a haunted hotel Mm -hmm. that's near where we live. So we had that extra. I know nobody can see it, but it was the ambiance for us. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, um, I play the role of Sam Winchester and I made Maya. (laughs) I... I wish that I wish Supernatural would leave me. <laughs> it won't, and I won't let it. <laughs> I know it's never going to. As long as you're my friend, I will oh make you remember God. it for your life. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's all for us. Thank you for having us on. It's yeah. so nice. Yeah, absolutely. You saved me some time having a deep dive into the tags of AO3 and, and f- do my own work. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, also one of the reasons we don't really do a singular fan, fan, fan fandom because at some point you're just like, I have to find another another Harry Potter fan fiction. Yeah. <laughs> when at some point you're just like, ah, I want to talk about this today. <laughs> and then we just do. Incredible. Yeah, everyone make sure to check out their recs and then, yeah, go listen to their podcasts. Yes, everybody, please check out Canonically Incorrect. They're a podcast completely about fan fiction um, and various fandoms. They do have an episode or two already about Supernatural. And you may recognize someone on a future episode of theirs if you go listen. So yeah, check them out. And thank you so much again to Sydney and Maya for chatting with me and for the Rex. Thanks, guys. Mm-hmm. Are y'all ready to rate the episode? Oh, yeah, <laughs> I am. <laughs> so I think, oh yeah, I think I called the last episode a steamer. If the last episode was a steamer, then this is like, I don't even want to call this episode a pile of shit. It's so lukewarm. Like it's yeah, no, it's it's like the aftermath of the steamer, yeah. right? It's like it's like if y'all have dogs, right? Mm-hmm. So you go and you take your dog out, and your dog has some gnarly dump, okay? And like it's in the middle of winter, and it's like steamy or whatever, and you know it like plops down into the snow. And you're like messing around with your bag or whatever to try and get to it. And by the time you reach down to grab it, it's like kind of, it's not cold exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's this episode. (laughs) It literally, exactly. I think that I'm just going to let that perfectly describes how I feel. So I'm just going to give this a one out of five um, inconsistent Frankenstein monsters <laughs> what about you Allie yeah this was pretty miserable um yeah like I don't even know how to score because like I want to give it points for Lauren Cohen's acting but it, they just screwed her over so to spite supernatural I'm gonna give this a 0.25 wow eyeball scoops Oh my God, we didn't even talk about the eyeball scoop. See, that's how forgettable this episode was. I forgot <laughs> yeah. about the eyeball scoop. Truly. That whole scene was horrible. That was a bad scene. Mm-hmm. Man, and they did think the Jasper? whole, like, I remember your dad coming and trying mm-hmm. to kill me. Like, that could have been its whole own thing. Ugh, yeah. Jesus. Okay. Anyway, so I am going to rate this a little, little better than y'all. I'm going to give it a two because it didn't do anything that I found, like, extremely offensive other than just being boring. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, and like, I liked some of the ideas it was presenting me with and Lauren Cohen was really good. And, you know, I even thought like our main guys were really good. Like, uh, it was, they were just like, it was just a weird episode. Like the vibes were off. I, I don't know. Uh, so yeah, that'll be like a two out of five deflating blow up dolls for me. <laughs> yes. Perfect. God, I just now realized that she had to die in a room with two deflated blow up dolls. Oh, weird, man. Well, anyways, <laughs> here's what I think is <laughs> going to happen next time. Yeah. Tell us your finale predictions. Well, I was hoping to have some more wild, crazy theories and fun things to talk about, but this episode really didn't inspire, but I'm still going to give you something. So I do think that we're going to get Lilith, Mm -hmm. um, but I think she's going to now make her appearance and she's going to be coming for Dean's contract. So she's going to be physically hunting Dean down. Um, And I think... Well, it would be cool. I don't know if it's actually going to happen. They're going to pull in people they know to try and help Dean after, out of this. Like they're going to get, they're going to call anyone who's still alive, which is not many people and be like, Hey, we got to protect Dean. Let's lock him up somewhere where these hellhounds and Lilith can't get to him. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. some of the people that help them out there, they might be demons because Lilith's got her hand everywhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and they, have to say like jesus backwards or something to tell if it's a demon (laughs) i forget use pig latin Um, (laughs) is that how you exercise demons you just like say their name in pig latin i love that Mm -hmm. yeah i'm pretty sure canonically um that's Mm -hmm. that's explored in season one yeah you say their name (laughs) in pig latin while tweaking their left nipple specifically the left oh Um, god feel like i've expressed that i don't think dean is going to make it through the finale and i think he's going to get attacked by hellhounds but i think it's also not going to show us him dying much Mm. like bella Mm -hmm. i don't know why but i get that vibe i'm like they really set up just for the episode to end right before she died and i feel like dean's going to get that treatment too because like they have been kind of compared to each other Mm -hmm. which was also a theme that really got dropped sorry i'm just like kind of ranting here but no rant away love a good rant um yeah i think they're just kind of in a race against the clock and i think lilith's true motives are probably going to have ruby in here somehow we got to kill her off too right (laughs) oh god (laughs) can't have any women live whoa that was a big scratchy sound (laughs) sorry i farted whoa okay (laughs) <laughs> yeah we got to bring ruby in to kill her too we can't let the other female lead make it through the season yeah no mm-hmm. gotta kill the women's yeah that'll the probably females. be who's trying to protect dean to be the honest females, the females. Uh. <laughs> sorry i just was thrown back to the writer room sure sure yeah the females uh, all this to say that i think dean's gonna end up being puppy chow that's it mm-hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about Sam? Oh, um. <laughs> oh, yeah, Sam. Sam. <laughs> Sorry, he was so weird in this episode. I think I blocked him out. Um, <laughs> so, Sam, Miss Samantha Winchester. Um, Shut up. I love that. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> Holy shit. 
<laughs> what is Sam going to be doing all of this? Maybe. Oh, yeah. So wait, I had made some a little prediction about this earlier. Um, so I think Sam. So Lilith is here to stop Sam. So the Hellhounds are coming for Dean. Lilith's thing is she doesn't want Sam to become like uh, the Antichrist or a rock star or whatever he's supposed to become. I don't know. And um, <laughs> a rock star. I think he's going to start leaning into it. So Dean's going to be dead. He's not going to have anything to lean into. So I think he's going to start taking his anti-Sam role a little more seriously. And maybe, maybe Ruby will live for another season so she can teach him how to be like, all like edgy and demonic and like teach him to make his leather jackets just a little more fitted and a little less like a, a little more edgy look like motorcycle leather. <laughs> <laughs> If that makes sense. Oh, yeah. No, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, that's it. Those are my predictions. Incredible. Well, thank you for those. You're more than welcome. I hope they're oh. burned into your brain. <laughs> yes, forever. I will never forget. <laughs> well, well, here we are. Here we are. Womp womp. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhar, and special thanks to Sophia London for our logo. If you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter at OTR Supernatural, or contact us by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in New Harmony, Indiana. Bye. 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 Bye.